You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Uh, you know, Sarah and I, we were at a, a birthday party, this, and this just cracks me up. We were at a birthday party for one of Liam's classmates uh, yesterday, and one of Kai's classmates. Um, they, they've got two boys, young couple, our age, two boys. We have two boys, same age. We're, try, we're working on them to have a third that they would have a girl. Um, but we're looking around at all these people that, have, that are young couples our age that have kids our age. And we were talking on the way home just about how hopeful we are for sundown. There is so much youth in Sundown, Texas right now. It's insane. When we moved here, I mean, we, we were it. <laughs> we had Jay and Carrie, and they lived in Lubbock. But we, we were the young people in Sundown. That was, and I say that with so much grace. Young and inexperienced, not young in age, because everyone's young in age in Sundown, Right? Everyone's youthful. No one is old. Yeah, okay. I just. Uh, but we got here, and I remember this, and I remember Randy asking me, and it was so funny because it was one of those questions, and this was, oh goodness, four years ago, five years ago. He asked me a question of what I saw in this church, what I saw it becoming. And he was. He was asking about it more practically, like in the sense of design and like facelifts and stuff like that. And I just began to answer. I saw youthful faces. I saw so many young people that were not from here that now lived here. And he would just like that. I mean, that's great. Not what I'm talking about. And we started talking about that. Uh, I think we were talking about this stage renovation that we did. Uh, but I remember just thinking in that moment, why did I see all these, these younger people, these young families? We have young families moving in. We have new hires at the school with young kids coming in, replacing teachers that their kids are gone, old and gone. They've not lived in sundown for 10, 12, 15 years. And, and so we're getting replaced with all these young faces. And there's really, if you... Leveland, Lubbock, it's happening all over the place. There are young families that are flocking to West Texas. And it's so, it's encouraging. Because there are, there are people that are being, they are being called out here. Some know why and some have no idea why. They just want to get somewhere else. And they're coming and they're landing here. And I'm remembering that word that God spoke, a highway of holiness will bring them here. He spoke it, and it's happening right now, and it's, it's wonderful to see. It's encouraging to see, but then what is our response? What is our response? You know, I had this, we were talking about VBS this week, and this question just hit me. It was such a silly thing, and Melissa's, you know, she's, she's Melissa's doing the job of many people on her own. Um, to minister 
to the children of an entire city alone is, uh, is massive. And she's, she's doing that, and she's doing it well. But I just, as she was talking about all these things that they have going and all the things that are going to happen during VBS and just getting really excited about it, I just had this simple thought of changing the lives of these kids, changing future generations, all it comes down to is a volunteer. All it comes down to is our willingness to invest. And, and the Lord will do it. The Lord will change generations in this house and in this community and in the communities around us if we are just willing to simply invest a little bit of our time in them. Right? And what has been our conversation? I've had conversations with people, oh man, I, I wish I could have been there. I'm just too busy. If you're too busy to invest in what God is doing, you're busy doing the wrong things. Plain and simple. There is no excuse. It's the same accountability I have to hold over myself. If I'm too busy to invest in what the Lord has spoken over this place, I am way too busy doing the wrong things. Right? And I just remember thinking how silly it is that it would come down to a generation being changed or a generation not being changed. It goes back into... Uh, oh, goodness. Judges. When a generation grew up not knowing the works of the Lord because the generation before simply did not speak of Him. It was that simple for a generation to be lost to God. Because one generation, they didn't do the simplest thing of speak truth over the generation that was in front of them. Right? Like how easy does it get? We know some people that you start them talking about something that they're interested in, you're not going to shut them down. They're just going to ramp up and you're going to be there for hours. But when it comes to a child that needs to hear the truth of God, we're like, well, I'm busy. And we'll distance ourselves. Why is that? Because changing a generation comes down to just speaking truth over them. And it's so simple. Do you know the truth of God? Uh-oh. Do you know the truth of God? Yes. Yeah, okay. Do you know it well? You think so? Do you know it well enough to tell a six-year-old? Yeah, it's, it's, it gets simpler when you're talking to them. It gets very easy. What did the Lord say to us last week? Return to your first love as a child because the children will be those that receive the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Why does he use this example of a child? Because when their parent says to them, this is what it is, they say yes to it. They do not doubt their children. I said this last week, I pray against the day when a time would come where when I speak, my children doubt my words. And I am imperfect. And we have a perfect father speaking to us, but yet we doubt what he says. How? When has he ever let us down? When has he ever proved himself to be false? When has his word never been his bond? But we are to receive the words that he's spoken over this community, over this house, the establishing of the kingdom that he desires to do in this city. 
We're to receive it as a child. The kingdom of heaven is to be received by children because they say yes and amen, and they go. And it is. When I speak to my, my boys about how to do something, they don't sit there and turn around and start to question me. They say yes, and then they apply it, and that's how they begin to do it from that point on. Because why would their father misguide them? Right? It's, it's one of the simplest things, but the Lord uses the simple things to teach us the great lessons. But Liam, my son, is obsessed with baseball. And I love it. Baseball is fun. It's a lot more fun when you've got a six-year-old kid asking you questions about it. And you're, one, it's humbling because you realize how little you know about a sport you thought you knew a lot about because they're asking stumpers. He's asking really good questions. But he does every day. He spends several minutes, uh, if not several hours, working on batting off of a tee. Just in and of himself. We don't ask him to do it. He just wants to do it. And every time he's doing something, he'll look at me, I'll offer him some advice, and then boom, we're done. Right? And then we move on. And it's been really cool for us because we're also hearing the same kind of things when it comes to the Lord and what he's being taught about the Lord from Melissa. Because they've recently, our six-year-old and our four-year-old have asked, we pray every night before bed, they've asked if they can begin to pray with us. And they're praying things, and you're just like, these are profound. Out of the mouth of babes come profound things. And it's because they're hearing from a person that they know loves them. They're hearing the truth of God, and it's being applied to their life, and they're being changed forever. And it's really not very difficult. It's just speaking truth when you have the opportunity to do so. Amen? That wasn't how we were going to start, but that's how we started. I really just wanted to ask you, going back to what we were just talking about, have you returned to your first love this week? Have you taken the opportunity to return to your first love? And the Lord has been educating me on this uh, quite a bit because I just couldn't understand. I'm a very logical, practical person. And you can't convince me that I loved him first on this earth. Because I didn't. I loved me first. I still love me first a lot of times. I struggle with that. All of us do. And I was asking the Lord, how, how can I return to you if you were not my first love? How can I return to you as my first love? And he's been educating me on the heart. Do you believe that you existed in the heart of God since the dawn of time and before that? Do you believe it? Do you believe that you carry a piece of his heart with you? That you are the body of Christ. If we are to be, if we are to be those that reveal the nature of God, that when the world looks at us, they see the heart of God, we must carry pieces of it. Right? He, he is making his appeal through us. Second Corinthians says God making his appeal through us. In the ministry of reconciliation. So we must carry a piece of God. And so if my heart has existed with Him since the dawn of time. And has been for Him, created for Him since before the dawn of time. My heart has always loved Him. 
But when we come to this earth, we are separated from those things by the wages of sin. And we have to be reintroduced to our first love. But he was, in fact, my first love. I just didn't know it. Is that making sense? Are you tracking with me? And it's just been so fascinating to me to recognize that longer than there's been breath in my lungs, my heart has loved God and been made for him. And I'm just allowing him to recapture these things, capture my mind, will, and emotions to capture these things because the spirit that dwells in me, my spirit, has existed with him for all of eternity. And I'm just getting to reintroduce the two. And it's been a fascinating study just for me. But So again, I, I ask, have you returned to your first love? Because since the dawn of time, you've been with him. And before you knew it, you loved him. Have you returned as a child, simply saying yes and moving forward? That is what the world is missing so desperately. Those that are willing to say yes to what the Lord has said and then begin to move. We say yes in agreement and then we don't move our feet at all. We just say yes in agreement. We say yes in agreement so that the pastor doesn't call us out on stage. We nod our heads and smile and hope that he, he thinks we're agreeing with him. Uh, or we just say yes because in the moment we totally believe it. But what happens when you say yes and if the next part is moving forward, that requires something of you. And that's where we tend to get tripped up. Where it requires something of you. The Israelites in Exodus 14, and we'll be there in a little bit. The command of God was to move forward. And that required something of them. It was very simple. Move forward. Not complex. He didn't say build a structure. He didn't say you need to build an altar and sacrifice to me so that I'll part the seas. He didn't say you need to start building a dam so that you can make a path where there is no path. He didn't say to start constructing a boat. He just said move forward. And that's all he's asked of us is to say yes and move forward. But we cannot do that if we do not receive it first as a child. You will not understand it. You will doubt. You will fear and there will be division. We must receive as a child, and that's one of the beautiful things about children, there's really not a lot of fear found in them. They're taught fear. Now, there's self-preservation, and some have it more than others. My first has more than my second. He's not too worried about it. He's invincible, has been since day one, and I mean, he's really, he's done a pretty good job. He jumps off things that are too tall and uh, picks fight with kids that are too big, and he's, he's still standing. He's good. Um, there is, but there's a natural fear, but that's always put to rest when their parent comes and says they don't need to be afraid, right? You remember those, you parents in here, you remember those moments where your child was afraid, and you said, you don't need to be afraid, and all of a sudden you just saw the fear begin to wash off of them because the person they trust the most in the world said, you don't need to be afraid. And the Lord has said the same thing to us. He said, just say yes and move forward and fear nothing. Who can come against God's elect? There is no one. So what is there to fear? Is there anything on this earth, any power or principality ever created that can come against you? Absolutely not. Nothing that can be victorious over you. 
But it's all about perspective. When we return as a child, when we receive as a child, we are able to have correct perspective. That's been another lesson that the Lord has been teaching me heavily and He's not allowed me to move on. I know we've talked about it several times. But the perspective is so different. Again, going back to the Israelites, if they're looking at the army of Pharaoh that's coming after them, there is no hope facing that. All the while, they're missing the miracle that stands behind them. They just are obedient to what God said. Turn, say yes, and move forward. There's a miracle in store for them. We have to keep correct perspective. And returning as a child, receiving as a child, allows us to do so. It allows us to see the beauty of being led to the shore of a new place. It's all about perspective. Having eyes to see and ears to hear. Not our eyes, not our ears, but His. And what He's doing in it. Psalm 81 this has been such an encouraging passage for me over the last several weeks just because it speaks of the impossible things. Verse 13, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward them. And their fate would last forever. But He would feed you with the finest of the wheat. And with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. When we have eyes to see, when we have ears to hear, correct perspective. When we see beauty come from hard and barren places, we see honey flow from the rock. But it is all about perspective and it is all about the Lord defining that perspective. And allowing him the opportunity to define that perspective. I've been, I've been caught up in it this week. Our, our nation's in turmoil. Our city is in turmoil. Um, there's just a lot going on. And there's not a lot of ways out of it. And that's what we see. We see, we see no logical path through it. None at all. The conversations I've had this week, so many come to me and they're like, what can you do? Can't do anything. Is that not articulating and describing standing on the shore, awaiting a path to be made where there was no path? Is that not it? We are standing on the shore. Now, the Lord has been speaking to us about this day's coming, but I feel as a, as a community... As a, just an entirety of West Texas, we have found ourselves standing on this shore, not knowing where there is any way through this, not knowing how there's any way through this. But if we have correct perspective, this has been the, one of the beautiful things the Lord has been showing me this week. If we have, choose His eyes and His ears to see, And just look out at the beauty of the new place that we're in. We'll see his working beginning. We'll see his his miraculous nature being displayed. We'll see him moving on our behalf that we would not die where we are. But we miss the beauty when we look down and we don't see the path and we begin to turn again and change our perspective. We're missing the beauty of where we are. That, that is all that is missing. If I, 
if I could put it into just simple words, when I talk to people in our community about the things that this community is facing, when I talk to them about the things going on in our world, the thing that is missing, we have lost, we have laid down the ability to see the beauty of what is happening around us. To be defined not by the circumstances of the world, but by God and His nature and what He's doing, we have lost our ability. And I, we haven't lost our ability, we've laid down our ability to see the beauty of God working. And when you see the beauty of God working, tell, how many of you have stood on the shore of a beach and looked out and been like, ugh, what a waste. God fudged this one up. He did not do good. It was not good. The shore is not pretty. The ocean is not magnificent. Now, the ocean is terrifying. You won't find me swimming in it. You'll find me standing on the edge looking at the beauty of it. I'm not going to go any further unless a path is created so I can stay on dry ground. But none of us have stood on that shore and looked out and not been in awe of God. Right? No one. No, when I was, I was talking to a friend the other day just about some of our travels, and I remember me and Zach Stevens, we were on our way back from Africa, and we were fr- flying, frying, we were flying over Greenland. It was a long flight. It was super uncomfortable. The AC was, like, terrible. Um, I broke my headphones. Peanuts, didn't have very many peanuts in the bag. It was just no good. And the stewardess, they knew that it was miserable. And they said, yeah, y'all, y'all can get up. Y'all can stand up. So we go back. We go get some coffee in the, in the middle of this plane. And you can stare out the door. And I'm looking down at this vast mountain range with these, these waterways in between it. And I see one boat. And I'm like instantly terrified for that one person. Because I'm like, there is no help for you. Like, if you break down, like, turn around, buddy. But I'm looking out at all of this as I'm flying above it in this metal tin can. And I'm looking down and I'm just realizing, like, this is the God who has called me. That could create it like that. That's the God who has called us. Fascinating. That's the God who has called us and then we doubt Him. That could create something so magnificent beyond our comprehension. I can't comprehend the ocean. Scientists can't comprehend the ocean. There is so much of it that is yet to be discovered. In our own backyard, we have yet to discover places that exist on this earth. God made it in an instant. And then He called us. And He's chosen to work through us. Just by looking at that one example, what can't he do? Is he now unable to see this community through a hard time? Is he unable to build something brand new? Is he unable to establish people in the kingdom of heaven? Is he unable to bring healing, to bring freedom, to release the Spirit of God that this community would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country? Is he unable now to do those things? Because the God that created that majestic and wonderful world, this beautiful world that He holds in His hand, and He did it in an instant, has called on you to establish His kingdom. 
And what can't he do through you? There is nothing. There is nothing. If he said, command the mountain to move, you would just simply command the mountain to move and it would move. This God who placed it there. What can't he do? But we miss the beauty of seeing this reality of what can't my God do, of of seeing him do things and create paths, create dry ground where there was no dry ground. Create an impossible path in an impossible place. We miss that when we come to the shore and we change our perspective by picking up doubt, fear, and division again. And we miss the beauty, the simplicity of what God is doing around us. That God is moving. I've just I've, I've felt strongly this week that we have been missing out on the beauty of what God is doing. I was, I was thinking about it. Uh, that's what I'm talking about with these, these young couples that we're hanging out with and we're seeing our kids. Our kids are going to grow up together. We're going to know these people for a very long time. I mean, there's a lot of them holding babies. So they're still building this family. Most of our interactions have been with people with kids in high school just from being youth pastor and different things like that and kids that are growing up and going out. Not anymore. Young families that we're going to be around for forever and I'm beginning to see the beauty of this new sundown that God is creating and building if we'll allow Him. But to look at the beauty of it. I I had a meeting with our, our superintendent at the school, and just there is beauty in the new things that God is doing. The new things that He's doing in that school. New way, because the world has changed since sundown was established. I don't know if you know that. He was telling me about the first board minutes from when they voted the school into, into being. And they had two teachers. And he, he started looking at things like... Uh, Purchase orders of coal for the winter. And they didn't have anybody employed to do that. Someone volunteered to come shovel coal so that that, those two little classrooms of kids could stay warm in the winter. And that's how that school started, that beautiful thing across the building, or across the street. Because people saw the beauty of what God was doing, and they gave themselves to it. And now look what has been established. I have a picture in my office of when this church was built. Or when this church was established. Not this building, but when this church, Sundown Church, was established. All those years ago, it's a, it's a building just right over there. And there are hundreds of people standing outside of it. And the beauty of what God is doing, they saw it then. And why have we laid down our eyes to see it now? We cannot be those that are continually defined by the things that define the world. We have to set new definitions. We have to establish new truths for the people around us. They cannot see us as of the world. They just must see us as in the world, but not of it. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is time for you to take up these eyes And these ears to see the beauty of what God is doing now. And then begin to operate from that place of beauty. We were, uh, uh, me and my my, my good, good friend Troy, his his wife comes. uh, Sarah, they they come on Sundays and he's a contract pumper. And uh, we, we ride a lot of horses for a lot of people together. And 
we were in sundown just messing around with some. And a, uh, on, what day was it? Thursday. When all those kind of random pockets of storms were coming through sundown, lightning everywhere. Well, we get a call that lightning has struck where all Troy's cattle are in the field, and it's just burning. We can see the smoke. But we just happened to be in sundown with two of our most trustworthy horses already saddled, waiting in a trailer. And we get the call. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's nice. But we start hustling out there. Cole's calling me, our fire chief, letting me know where things are. And we're running out there, running out there, running out there. And it's burning towards Jimmy and Shay's house. And then as we pull up, the wind shifts. And it starts to burn back towards the south. But all Troy's cattle are back there towards the south. It's like, this is not good. And we haven't had rain in forever. So it's dry and nasty. And Troy says... We just need it to rain. We just need it to rain. And it was like he was praying right there out loud, but he was just saying this thing. It's like, yeah, bring the rain. We get out. We get on our horses, and we start hauling over to where his cattle are. They're about 500 yards away, and as we go, the biggest raindrops I've ever seen in my life just begin to open up. I'm telling you, I'm getting hit, and it hurts, but it's good because it's nice and cool. I'm, like rain, I'm seeing them smoke me in the chest and we get a hundred yards and we are dripping wet and that fire is out it got that far from his fence and it was gone just like that and then they began to talk about how great this will be if we just get another rain because we know this very well a lot of us burn our yards before the growing season starts, because we know you burn that yard, you get a little moisture on it, what happens? New, beautiful growth, better than what was before, comes back. And I just began to see how the Lord will answer, and there is beauty in what He's doing, if we're just willing to look and see what He's doing. And see that I'm answering prayers before you're asking them. The beauty in this season is I am doing a work and you get to be a part of it. But will you choose to see the beauty of what I'm doing or will you see the despair in the circumstances around you? We cannot be those in turmoil. We cannot be those who despair. We cannot be those who are hopeless. We must be those with correct perspective that see the beauty of what God is doing now. When it doesn't look like there's beautiful things being done, when it only looks like there's hardship ahead, we must be the ones that see the beauty of what God is establishing. Because the God, the God of the universe, the God that created these wonderful and beautiful and amazing things across the globe, and that also created you, is doing a new thing in this city. And we get to be a part of it. And he's not just doing a new thing in Sundown, Texas. I don't know if you know this, but he's doing a new thing in Lubbock, in Leveland, in Ropes, Plains. Why? The Lord is moving across West Texas. And he is asking us to be a part of it. But will we stand on the shore where there is no path and focus on the fact that there is no path or will we see the beauty of this new place that we find ourselves in? The Lord is creating a new sundown. 
He's not getting rid of what was. He's establishing something new. What kind of place do you want to live in where it never builds and grows? We don't want to live there. He's building on top of what was and what has been and bringing something new in this city where we see the beauty of that or only the fact that there's not a clear path laid ahead of us. He's just waiting for us to look up that he would part the seas. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are beautiful things in store and there are beautiful things happening around us like young children coming to Sundown, Texas. Being called to Sundown, Texas because they just wanted a small town and they just landed out here. And we know, those who know better, you don't just get here. You work to come here or you are called here. Because you don't by accident land in Sundown, Texas. There is no road that accidentally gets you here. You have to intentionally come here. And the Lord has intentionally brought people here, new generations, youthful, young kids that are going to grow up in the city that is either established in the kingdom of heaven or is established in despair because the children of God either look down and see that there is no path and pick up hopelessness or look up and see the beauty of where, this, of where God has us in this new place. They will, they will grow up in one or the other. And it is completely and totally up to you. This is one thing that I think is missing heavily in the Christian church in America today is the responsibility of the believer. Because we will all be held accountable for our life and what we did with every breath that was filled in our lungs, what we chose to do with it, we will be held responsible. And so there's a responsibility to choose the beauty of what God has before us in this moment. Will you choose it? Will you choose the beauty of this new place that we find ourselves in? That a generation could grow up in a new place. A place full of the kingdom. A place without despair, fear, doubt, division, heartbreak, hopelessness. It would be full of the kingdom and the presence of God. We are at the cusp of a generation growing up in that or not. And is that a hard choice to make? Is that a hard choice to choose that a generation would grow up knowing the kingdom of God above all else? That they would be more familiar with the kingdom of heaven than they are any other place? Is that a hard choice to make? No. What does it take? It takes you seeing the beauty of what God is doing right now before you. Amen? Because when we look up and we see the beauty of what God is doing before us, He will create a path for us. He has not brought us here to die. He has brought us here that we would see the beauty of Him working and the majesty uncomprehendable around us and He would do a brand new thing. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.